Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Have you ever heard of a man named Bill Gates? He's the founder of the giant technology company named Microsoft and one of the richest men in the world. Just lift your hand if you've heard of Bill Gates. All right, now let me ask you about another man. Have you ever heard of Gary Kildall? Just raise your hand if you know who Gary Kildall is. Well, it's not too surprising if you've heard of Bill Gates, but you've never heard of Gary Kildall. There's a reason for that difference, and there's a lesson for all of us in that reason. Way back in 1973, personal computers were just beginning to arrive on the scene. The giant business machine company, IBM, developed what would later be called the world's first personal computer. And a man named Gary Kildall developed a mass market operating system called CP-M. Over the next few years, advances in technology put computers within reach of millions of people. Vast fortunes would be made by those who could foresee the potential and the opportunities of personal computers. But for those who couldn't predict where computers were headed, the future ended up differently. And that's why you've probably heard of Bill Gates, but you probably don't know who Gary Kildall is. You see, after Gary Kildall developed his operating system, IBM approached him with a business proposal that would have made him rich. IBM wanted to use Kildall's operating system for IBM PCs. But Kildall didn't see the importance of the meeting. He didn't want to take the time to talk to the IBM executives. So on the day the IBM officials arrived for their crucial meeting, Kindal didn't show up. Instead, he chose to fly his new personal airplane. The frustrated IBM executives left in anger. Instead of signing an agreement with Kildall, they turned instead to Bill Gates, founder of a small company named Microsoft. IBM made a deal with Gates to use his operating system in their computers instead of Kildall's. And 14 years later, Bill Gates was worth more than eight billion U.S. dollars. Today, Bill Gates is still one of the wealthiest men in the world. His name is known virtually everywhere, but Gary Kildall never reached his full potential. He eventually became an alcoholic. He died in a bar after falling and hitting his head. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the story of Bill Gates and Gary Kildall. You see, when Gary Kildall skipped out on the meeting with IBM executives, he lost more than money. He lost his way. When he chose to invest in a short-term activity rather than a long-term possibility, he cut short his own potential. When he chose to invest in a pleasant pastime rather than in people, he cut short his impact. And when he chose to invest in a one-time incident, he lost a lifetime of being significant. And what's true in business is true in life. If you can predict the future, then you can invest your life in the things that have the greatest potential for guaranteed returns. If you can predict your future, you can invest your life wisely. So today, we're going to discover how to predict your future so that you can invest your life in the things that really matter. But before we learn more, let's bow our heads and pray. 
Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for this opportunity to learn from you the principles of prediction. Help us to learn how we can predict our future so that we can invest in the things that really matter, the things that last. We know that you are the one that has this wisdom, so we submit to you now. We bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to come and speak to our hearts and enlighten our minds and give us direction for our future, that we might reach your destination for our lives. We thank you and we praise you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment and join your faith with mine. Just put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth for Today. I'm Pastor Richard C. Whitcomb, and it's my pleasure to have you join me today as we study God's Word together. For the last five weeks, I've been preaching a sermon series titled, How to Predict Your Future. We've been on a journey together to learn the principles of prediction from God's Word that will guide you successfully through life. If you happen to have missed any of the previous messages in the series, I urge you to go to my YouTube channel and watch these messages from the beginning. You can find my YouTube channel at Pastor Richard C. Whitcomb. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe so that you can stay connected with me and God's Word. Well, today I'm bringing you the final sermon in the series. I want to share one final message with you about how to invest your life in order to get guaranteed returns. The fact is, investments can be risky and tricky. You can win or lose with the investments you choose. Even clever people can make bad investments. A few years ago, Oprah Winfrey lost over $40 million with her unwise investment in a company called Weight Watchers. The stock dropped from $103 per share to just $22 per share. And since Oprah owned 5 million shares... She lost over $40 million in her unwise investment. That's a whole lot of money. But the worst loss in life is not monetary. The worst loss is when we invest our lives, our time, into something that doesn't produce the right results. This is vital for all of us to understand. All of us only have one life to invest. We all have only one chance on earth to get it right. We need a guide to tell us where to invest our time, our talents, and our treasure so that we can get guaranteed returns. And the good news is we do have a guide, a guide who can give us the best investment with the guaranteed returns. God is the one who tells us clearly what will reap the biggest rewards. And he gives us a clear example of what not to do when investing our lives. That's what our scripture text for today tells us. We're going to look at a story Jesus told about a man who made a very unwise investment and the lessons we can learn from his life. Now receive the word of the Lord from Luke 12, 15 to 21. Jesus said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops." 
And he said, I'll do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody shout, amen. At first glance, the man in our story today appears to have made all the right investments. He was prospering, and it seemed as if his success would last forever. But at the end of his life, this man gets a shock. All that he's invested, all he appears to possess is taken away from him. He ends up empty-handed, and God calls him fool. And inside his story, we can learn the important investments we all need to make to avoid his fate. So let's discover the three investments that produce guaranteed returns. And here's your first investment for today. Invest in your soul. Listen to a key portion of our story found in verse 15. Jesus said, one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. It's important to begin with understanding what it is that made this man a fool. Jesus doesn't rebuke him for being rich. He rebukes him for having the wrong perspective on life. For the fact is, this man was only focused on physical wealth, but he ignored his soul. And here's what Jesus wants all of us to remember from this story. There's more to life than this life. That's why Jesus says in Mark 8, 36 to 37, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus tells us plainly, there's nothing in the entire world that can compare with the value of your soul. It's worth more than anything and everything in the whole world. If you gain everything this world has to offer, every dollar, every diamond, every deposit of gold, it still would not equal the worth of your own soul. A few years ago, my church here in East Legon, Ghana, was out on Lagos Avenue in our community. We were preaching the gospel and ministering to the people on the street. And as we were sharing the good news, we met a prostitute on Lagos Avenue. And in her story, there's a powerful lesson for all of us. This woman became a prostitute because she wanted to buy land. She didn't have any money, so she thought if she could just get a piece of land, she could have somewhere to live. She would have a place to do business from. Maybe in her life, no one had ever taken care of her. So she set out to take care of herself. She was going to buy a land, come hell or high water. So she went to work on the street. It wasn't easy at first, selling her body to strangers. Men came and went, and soon she just learned to ignore her feelings, her shame, her conscience. She was going to buy that land. She was going to take care of things herself. And eventually, she turned enough tricks and saved enough money to buy the land. What a great day. She was a landowner. The future looked bright. But then the chills started. She'd wake up in the night covered in sweat, shivering in the middle of the bed. Fever became a daily routine. Then she noticed the strange rash on her arms and neck. Her weight dropped. Her mood changed. And the diagnosis came, HIV positive. She had AIDS. 
It hit her like an articulated truck. There was no cure, no hope, no help. The land couldn't heal her. The plot she owned just sat in silence. Her friends couldn't save her. In fact, they mocked her. <laughs> she bought a land, and now she has AIDS, they laughed. What does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Is anything, anything worth more than your soul? You may feel pity for that prostitute. You may feel superior to her. You may feel she got what she deserved. But when you think about it, we are no different from her when we spend our lives chasing things that won't last. You may get your land sooner and you may live longer, but in the light of eternity, all you possess only lasts for a moment. It's in your hands and gone again, like the wind. You can buy a piece of land. You can buy a thousand lands. You can buy the whole of your nation, but nothing you can buy can ever compare to the value of your soul. And here's why your soul is more valuable than anything else you could ever own. Your soul comes from God. Genesis 2-7 says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the source of your soul is the breath of the eternal and almighty God. It came from God and everything else in this world came from dirt. The Bible says when God formed Adam, he made him from the dust of the ground. So your body came from dirt. But not just your body. Everything you own came from dirt. Everything you can buy, everything you sell, everything you can own has its origin in dirt. Your house is made of cement blocks. It doesn't matter how big or how luxurious your house is, it's still mostly made of cement. The cement came from sand and gravel, the sand and gravel came from the ground, and the ground is made of dirt. Your house is made of dirt. And all that fine Italian furniture you own, your furniture came from wood, the wood came from the tree, the tree grew in the ground, and the ground is made of dirt. Your clothes came from cotton, Cotton came from a plant. The plant grew in the ground, and the ground is made of dirt. That beautiful diamond on your neck, the diamond came from coal, the coal came from the ground, and the ground is made of dirt. Ladies, I hate to tell you this, but did you know your makeup is made from dirt? Yes, indeed. Go read the ingredients. It will tell you that your makeup is made from talc and zinc oxide. Talc is a fancy name for clay. Clay comes from the ground, and the ground is made of dirt. Zinc oxide sounds exotic. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Here's what it said. Quote, zinc comes from natural mineral deposits of ore in the Earth's crust. The deposits may be close to the surface. In other words, they're dirt. In which case, they will be mined from an open pit. That's a very fancy way of saying your makeup came from dirt from a pit. Everybody say dirt. You're wearing painted dirt. Hello? Everything you own came from dirt. So why are you so proud just because your pile of dirt costs more than my pile of dirt? It's still dirt. It's perishable. It's going to pass away and decay and rot and be forgotten. That's why things will never bring true satisfaction and fulfillment to your life. Things can't do that. Even if you have everything this world has to offer, you will still be unhappy if that's all you have. That's what the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 6-7. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the soul is not satisfied. 
For there's only one thing you have that didn't come from dirt. It's your soul. Your soul came from the breath of the living God. And that's why your soul can only be healthy when it's connected to God. Psalm 107.9 says, For the Lord has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he's filled with what is good. And if you pay attention to your soul and connect your soul to its source and let God satisfy your soul, then you will be making an investment that will bring you what will last. But if you neglect your soul and focus only on earthly things, you'll be empty inside. You'll miss the road and miss the right destination. But the truth is, if you neglect your soul, it won't go away. It will go astray. That's why you have to act and invest in your soul. You have to pay attention to your soul. You have to be intentional about caring for your soul. For God says in Deuteronomy 4.9, only take care and keep your soul diligently. Don't be so caught up with what's in front of you that you neglect what's inside of you. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of the Chinese mother who lost her little boy. Back in 2016, a woman in eastern China was dropping her father off at the train station. Her little boy was sitting in the back seat. And when his grandfather got out of the car to enter the train station, the little boy got out of the car to say goodbye. The little boy's mother was so caught up in her phone and her business, she didn't even know that her son was missing. So the mother drove off, and the little boy was left alone in the middle of the road. As the mother drove off, her son started chasing after her. He was calling, Mommy, Mommy, wait, I'm here. Let me back in. At one point in time, he even caught up to the car and reached for the door handle and tried to open the door. But the mom was so oblivious, she didn't even stop. She didn't hear him calling or knocking on the door. At the same time, other drivers around saw what was happening. They saw this poor little boy crying, trying to catch up with his mother. So the other drivers started honking their horns. They even tried blocking the mother from driving. But she just got angry and avoided the other cars. The little boy chased his mother for almost two kilometers before she finally realized her son wasn't with her in the car. And that's how many people are with Jesus. They keep Jesus in the back seat. They don't notice when he's gone. They don't hear him calling. Other people around you know that Jesus has left you, but you keep right on going. You're so busy, so empty. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. It's time to stop and let him in. Here's the danger for us as Christians today. We're getting caught up in this life and neglecting the life to come. We're cold in our souls. We've left our first love, and we've begun chasing the things of this world. Some of us fly first class to Dubai and spend two weeks in a five-star hotel. We eat at expensive restaurants and shop in big, luxurious malls. There's nothing wrong with that, and I'm glad you're blessed and prospering. But when it comes to giving offerings, you're reluctant to give. It's great to be blessed and go to nice restaurants and fancy hotels. Next time you go, invite me along. But if you're generous to yourself but stingy towards God, you are neglecting your soul. Some of us will drive an hour to get to a party. We battle traffic and make the effort. But when it comes to prayer meeting, we say, oh, the traffic, I can't make it. 
There's nothing wrong with going to a party. Next time you go, bring me along. But if you've attended 10 parties this year, but you've never even been to one single prayer meeting, you are neglecting your soul. Some of you will sit on the phone for an hour talking to your girlfriend about hair and makeup and fashion. That's great. There's nothing wrong with hair and makeup and fashion. Please keep it up. In fact, some of you would do well to spend more time on your hair, makeup, and fashion. Amen. But if you spend an hour on the phone talking to your girlfriend, but you never share the gospel with anyone, you're neglecting your soul. So here's what the Bible tells us to do today. In 1 Peter 2.25, God says, Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now turn again to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Turn again to the shepherd of your soul. Pay attention to what really matters. Invest in the part of you that will last beyond this life. Get close to God and get back on the right road. For the fact is, God won't fill your soul when it's filled with other things. And here's why it's so important for you to invest in your soul. When you invest in your soul, you invest in your relationship with Jesus. And connecting with Jesus is the source of guaranteed returns. In fact, your basic connection to Jesus is the source for fruitfulness in every area of life. That's why Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. When you invest in your soul by uniting with Christ, there is a guarantee of fruit, guaranteed returns. It's much fruit, and it's fruit that will last for eternity. The closer you are to Jesus, the more returns you will see in your life. For when God's presence is in your present, his favor will fill your future. So here's the first investment strategy you need today. Use this life to invest in eternal life. And that brings us to our second truth today, invest with your substance. Listen to the key truth found in verse 21 of our text for today. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So here's the second wrong investment the foolish man made. The man is completely focused on building wealth for himself. First, he invested in the wrong things. And second, he invested for the wrong reasons. This man uses this life for his own enjoyment and his own enrichment, but gives no thought to God and others. God rebukes the man for laying up treasures for himself. And if the end goal of your wealth is only for self, then you are in danger. For the Bible teaches us in 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19, teach those who are rich in this world to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. That's what it is that made this man a fool. Jesus doesn't rebuke him for being rich. He rebukes him for using the riches for himself alone. There's nothing wrong with being prosperous and successful. It's not bad to be rich. Somebody say amen. Jesus did not tell this story to condemn riches or to encourage all of us to be poor. Not at all. He does not rebuke the man for storing up goods or for being rich or for building bigger barns. He condemns him for his spirit of greed. 
He only thought of himself. He only labored for the things of this life while he ignored God, he ignored others, and he ignored eternity. God is not opposed to the property you possess. He's opposed to any property that possesses you. That's why Jesus teaches us in Luke 12, 33 to 34, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Wealth is measured not by financial figures, but by financial focus. Footsteps follow focus. And if you want to get to wealth that lasts, you need to focus on investing in eternal values. You need to use your temporary treasures to build up eternal treasures. You need to invest your substance on earth to gain true substance in eternity. For the fact is your daily work, your career, should serve to do more than pay the bills. It should be a source of blessing to others. God blesses us so we can be a blessing. That's the lesson we can learn from the inspiring story of Sama Okonkwo. Sama Okonkwo grew up here in Accra, one of 14 children born to her parents. After completing senior high school in Ghana, she attended university in the USA and then spent a few years working abroad before returning home to Ghana. Over the past 12 years, she's risen to a unique position for a woman in Africa's oil and gas industry. She is the CEO of the multi-million dollar oil and gas company called UBI Group. Salma could have enjoyed her success and kept her well for herself, but she wasn't content just to take care of herself. Right from the onset, her goal has been to leverage her position to help her people. So in 2013, Salma launched Blue Power Energy. Salma's objective with Blue Power Energy was to invest in Ghana, to provide jobs for her people, and to make energy more affordable for the masses, especially those in impoverished areas of the north. This year, Blue Power Energy will open Ghana's biggest solar farm, providing 100 megawatts of solar power to Ghana's north. It is providing jobs, bringing much-needed infrastructure, and creating cheap energy for the people who need it the most. I want to bring support to my people in the north, Okonkwo says. Then there will be more Samas all over the place. Sama Okonkwo is an example for all of us. She's making money, and she's making a difference. So let me ask you a question. Are you making a living? Or making a difference. To make a difference, you have to give of your substance here on earth. You have to give today to ensure guaranteed returns tomorrow. In fact, the more you invest your substance in God's kingdom, the more you will be blessed. God promises multiple blessings. He promises that you will be blessed in return for your giving, and he promises that others will be blessed. Listen to 2 Corinthians 9. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound 
abound in every good work. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Giving gives blessings to the giver. Giving gives blessings to the receiver. Giving gives blessings to God. Giving goes beyond success. Giving is significant. You should give because it's the best investment in the whole world. You should give because it is God's will for your life. You should give because when you give, you not only become successful, you also become significant. So here's your second investment strategy. Don't focus on success. Focus on significance. And that brings us to our third truth. Invest for significance. Think again about the foolish rich man in the story from today's scripture text. And listen to the question God asks him in verse 20. The things you have prepared, whose will they be? So first, the foolish rich man invested in the wrong things. Second, he invested for the wrong reasons. And third, he's looking for the wrong returns. See, here's the problem with this man. This man's entire story is devoid of other people. There's not even one mention of anyone else in this story. Everything is I or me. In fact, in just these few sentences, there are 10 times it says I or me or my. And not only that, at the end of his life, God asked him this question. Who will inherit all the things you leave behind? In other words, you not only don't care for anyone in this life, you also have no one to leave your goods to when you're gone. He doesn't even seem to have a family to leave his wealth to. His whole life has been consumed in himself. Simply put, he invested in things, but not people. He focused on success, but ignored significance. And because his entire life was wrapped up in himself, he has no legacy to leave for others. And here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Your significance is what lives on after you are gone from this world. Significance is the influence and impact you leave behind. Significance is the only thing that remains when everything else is gone. And that requires investment in people. That's why Proverbs 12, 7 tells us good people are remembered long after they're gone. It's not the house that remembers you. It's not your car or your property that remembers you. It's other people that will remember you. Good people are remembered by other people because they invested in other people. For the truth is, your best investment is not in things that perish, but in people that last. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of Dr. Benjamin Mays and Dr. George Kelsey. Way back in 1944, Dr. Mays was the president of Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, USA. At the same time, Dr. Kelsey was the director of the School of Religion. Both men achieved success in their roles at the college. They invested themselves into their careers and helped make Morehouse College a powerful institution that shaped countless lives. 
Yet it wasn't their investment in their careers or in their college that makes these two men so significant. Rather, it was their investment in the life of a young man named Martin Luther King. That's what gives these two men significance. You see, in 1944, Martin Luther King was a freshman at Morehouse. He had entered the school in the hopes of becoming a doctor or a lawyer. But the spiritual inspiration and example he received from Dr. Mays and Dr. Kelsey transformed Martin Luther King. Under their mentorship, Martin Luther King was awakened to his call from God to transform his nation. So Martin Luther King abandoned his original plans to become a doctor or a lawyer. He entered into the ministry and became a powerful preacher and an advocate for justice. His ministry transformed the United States of America, bringing social justice and racial progress to the nation. There's no doubt that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. transformed history in America. And there's no doubt that two men, Dr. Mays and Dr. Kelsey, transformed the man who transformed the nation. And that's significant. That's why your best investment is not in things, but in people. When you invest in others, your impact can be felt for generations. And the good news is this. You can begin today to influence others. You can be significant by investing in people all around you right now. You can begin now to make an impact on future generations. In fact, that's God's will for you. God wants you to be significant. Listen to Jesus' words in John 15, 8 and 16. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So Jesus tells us plainly that God gets glory when our lives bear fruit that remains. God is honored when your life story leaves a lasting legacy. And Jesus tells us that he himself, the Lord and the Savior, has appointed you and commissioned you to bear lasting fruit. God's plan for you is a good one. He's on your side to help you accomplish what he's given you to do. And you know what else? Where God guides, he provides. Since God has a plan for you to be significant, then God has given you enough time and enough strength to do what he's given you to do. He's given you all that you need to get it done and to be significant. You may not be a famous inventor or tech genius like Gary Kildall or Bill Gates. You may not be rich like Salma Okonkwo, but we are all created to be significant. God has given every one of us the opportunity to be significant right where we are today. And when you touch a life, you create significance. When you invest in people, you reap eternal rewards. The value of your life is not what you achieve or accumulate. The value of your life is determined by how much of your life you give away. So here's your final investment strategy for guaranteed returns. Live by design, not by default. Investing your life for guaranteed returns requires that you live by design, not by default. To live by design means you follow the right roadmap to get to your destination. You are intentional about where you're going and what you're doing in life. To live by default means that whatever happens, happens. You wander through life, bouncing from one thing to another because you have no direction. You can't reach the right destination because you've lost your way. 
If you're lost in your journey, it's because you need a roadmap. If you're going someplace you've never been before, you need a map to guide you. We all need a roadmap, but we all need the right roadmap. You can get lots of advice about your life from all kinds of people, but not all voices speak the truth. Not all maps take you to the right destination. What type of map can we use to get to a successful, significant life in our faith, in our finances, and in our focus? God's Word is our roadmap for every area of life. It guides us regarding our faith, our finances, and our future. It's the only map that never fails. It's the only map that keeps us on the right course with no detours, no wrong turns, and no traffic delays. It's our sure and reliable guide to bring us to the right destination. When we follow God's counsel and obey His commands, we will receive guaranteed returns for our investments. That's why God challenges us in Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your soul. Today, I bring this sermon series to an end. I could talk for the whole year about the biblical principles of prediction, but I've given you a start, a push in the right direction. You see, your direction determines your destination, and your decisions today determine your direction. So choose wisely. Choose the company you keep, for who you travel with determines where you travel to. Choose to develop the habits that will fulfill your uphill hopes, for successful habits create success. Choose to focus your mind on God's Word, for footsteps follow focus, and the life you build is a reflection of the way you think. Choose to surrender your will to God's will. Sacrifice today so you can gain tomorrow. Do what you can, and God will do what you can't. Start today and invest in your eternal future. Invest in your soul. Invest with your substance. Invest for significance. You'll get guaranteed returns, a life well-lived, and an eternity to reap the rewards. If you do that, you'll do well. For the road leads where the road leads. And when you examine your road and consider your direction, you can predict your future. The hope of God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Avon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. We're here